Man, the Suns dropped below 500. Can the Brooklyn Nets stay afloat without Kevin Durant? And Jordan Clarkson gives us another hold me back moment. I'm Rosa Panda. This is a clinic all NBA podcast. I have the two hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Woo, feeling good, feeling great. I got my boys here and NFL playoffs yeah. is about to start. Give it up. Yeah, man. Sammy, how you living, my friend? I'm good, man. Looking forward to the playoffs myself, and uh, hopefully the Clippers can get it back on track here to match my Chiefs. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Oh, man. Yeah, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. And you know what? We're going to start with some basketball news here. Um, The Suns, the Phoenix Suns, they are suddenly below 500 after dropping six straight. They had a loss to the Knicks, the Cavs, Heat, Cavs again, etc. And I wanted to ask you guys... First, who can explain why these losses keep coming? I mean, I, it looks like it's a combination of a few things. I mean, the injuries have hit hard. We'll, we'll give them that. Devin Booker is unequivocally the best player on this team. He's been out, I want to say at this point, it's been about a month with no return date in sight that I've seen. He tried to come back, played all of four or five minutes, re-aggravated. I want to say it was a groin injury. So, obviously, you took the most important cog out that's going to hurt. Um, in addition to that, Shamit's been out on and off. That creates a cluster problem at the two guard. Chris Paul's been having injury issues. DeAndre Ayton has hurt his ankle a couple times. So, that would be your easy answer. To me, though, just watching them play on the court, it does feel like the chemistry still doesn't look quite right. And I know at the beginning of the year, that was a conversation piece that a lot of people had. I know we had it on this podcast more than once. Something about them just doesn't feel right. And it's like they were fragile and holding it together when everyone was healthy, but a couple injuries hit and it's starting to get exposed a little. And it hasn't been outwardly there outside of one or two incidents, but it just seems like they're not quite right unless I'm overreading into that. But you guys tell me, does it look like that to you? No, I don't, I don't think you're overreading it, Sammy. Um, you know, just to add on to what you were saying, I feel like they're, I don't know if it's the training staff, is it Coach uh, Monty or, I don't know who, who to exactly blame. I know this was your question, Jun, but you have Devin Booker who's had this groin injury four times already and then he goes yeah. out to play right you have um campaign who had who's injured right now and his same injury re-aggravated again and then you have chris paul who went out with his injury right and this dude yeah. has been playing insane amount of minutes i think before he got injured he was playing 40 minutes so is this on the training staff? Is this on the coaching staff? That, that's, uh, that's my first question. And my second question relates to Sammy. What he was saying is, are the Suns playing with joy? And that's a phrase that you hear, for example, um, Coach Kerr always say, playing with joy is very important. When you're winning, it's fun. That's why we play the games, fun. But Sammy, um, I don't know, man. I, I don't really see the Suns playing with joy this year. And the obvious one person is Aiden. You, yes. You, yeah. You have Crowder not even wanting to play, which that's an important roster spot for a championship team uh -huh. who plays defense. 
and is a three and D guy, and they need threes, as we all know, they need defense. So those are my two questions for the sense. Like, what's going on with that, Jun and Sam? Yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree. I, you know, after hearing that Chris Paul and Devin Booker were, you know, both injured, and that DeAndre Ayton was probably going to have to carry some of this load here, I was kind of excited for him to see what that was going to look like. And honestly, it's been kind of subpar especially for the contract that he garnered. He wanted a max contract, right? Mm -hmm. Well, these are max minutes that you're getting, max responsibility, right? And to drop six games, I don't know, man. I don't know if his value drops down just a little bit or maybe these are just some growing pains for the Suns. But I'm going to ask you guys this question here. Do you guys think the Suns will eventually pull themselves out of this slump and get back to probably, let's say, the top four seeds of the West? I think they'll pull themselves out if they get healthy at some point just because of the amount of talent when this team is fully healthy. Um, the other person we haven't mentioned on the pod that we talked offline about was also Cam Johnson, who's not you know, a star, but he was going to start at the four for them and yeah. have a very specific role. He hasn't been there all season either. Yeah, definitely basically. a key piece. Yeah, yeah exactly. And could they get back to the top four? I don't think they'll finish there, but it wouldn't surprise me only because of how clustered the West still is right now. And I yeah. know Denver, Memphis, and then to a, a lesser extent, New Orleans are kind of there at the top. But one team goes on a six, seven game run, they're going to jump into that spot as long as you're in like the top, call the top 10. I think they'll finish in the top six, but I think it's going to be in the four, five, six range. Somewhere, somewhere in that spot. That's a, that's how I see this playing out. As, again, assuming they get back to full health. Yeah, I think yeah. they could make it to the to a top seed. It's just really interesting this year, fellas, just because you have a week where, for example, the Kings, Warriors, and Clippers they could be within the fifth, sixth, seventh seed, and then another week they could be on the tenth, eleventh, which is pretty crazy. So. Yeah. The Suns, they're in a dangerous place because we all know that once All-Star break hits, which is next month, that's when teams really ramp up to make their seating solidified. And it could be a very slippery slope if this next month, for example, the Suns, they lose, you know, the majority of their games. They might be in the Laker and Jazz territory. Yeah, I definitely think they're in danger of um, being sort of somewhere between six and ten seeds. I do oh expect God. them to at least make the play in just because they have that much talent. The coaching is still like really good. Monty Williams has definitely proven himself over the past couple of years. But I mean, just losing six straight really dropped them from like the second, third seed all the way down. Where do they sit now? They sit at the eighth seed, but they are tied in like a almost in a three-way tie between like Clippers, Suns, Timberwolves, and maybe the Blazers at 19, 19 wins there. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. And speaking of the Clippers, I want to talk about them a little bit because they also have a six-game slide. Right. And I can't wait to hear what Sammy has to say about this because we all know that Sammy loves the Clippers. Um, but they've had recent losses to the Heat, Nuggets, Wolves, Hawks. And, you know, Kawhi Leonard was asked about their losing streak and how they're doing and he had this to say he said i think it's still good 
and he's basically talking about the team chemistry when facing adversity. Guys are still being positive. This is the spot where the Clippers see if you really enjoy playing the game. And if we're a team, seeing if we could dig out of this hole. It's fun. It's a good challenge for us. So, are you guys concerned about the Clippers' six-game slide here? Or is this kind of growing pains for them? I, I can, let me go ahead and start first, Sammy, because I know you could go off on the Clippers right now. But let me know if I'm uh, wrong. My first ob observation that I do see with the Clippers is their problem with point guard. You have Reggie and you have Wall. And according to what I see and what I've heard from Clipper fans, especially is that they've been playing like complete crap. And mm -hmm. <laughs> you need to... I think what needs to happen is just oh give the give the starting role to man. That's what I would do. That's uh, my first observation. My second observation, which is pretty uh, pretty obvious, is the injury woes. So I'll let you go into that. But third, it's like with Tai Lu, we know that he's a coaching genius in terms of strategy. But I feel that right now his main complaint are his rotations. You have some nights where you have specific players where they don't even get minutes, like Roko and Powell. So those are, I think, symptoms of growing pains because those are easily fixable. My my concern with the Clippers is that when you do head into the playoffs, you don't want to be too late to form chemistry. And we've all said that chemistry is a huge important role in winning a championship the only team that you could say with all new players that won a championship with its main core pieces would be those uh, celtics with garnett pierce and ray allen but even like the the heatles with lebron wade and bosh they had they needed time to mesh the warriors were lucky with durant but remember they had a game seven series with the rockets no one's gonna come in without chemistry and win, and if they do, it's like very, very rare. Sammy, what do you think of those Next points? Question. <laughs> uh, no, uh, so oh I think you God. hit it on the head, man. The biggest problem right now, unfortunately, has, as far as I'm concerned, in terms of encore plays and point guard. Uh, Reggie does not look like Reggie right now. I don't know if he's either feeling like he needs to assert himself more because of the quality of shooters around him and he wants to get his doesn't strike me as a selfish guy the way he's conducted himself in LA or I don't know if he's feeling tentative internally as a result of that but obviously Ty, Ty Lu saw the issue benched him didn't start wall started man and I, I agree with you I, I'd like to see what man looks like with the with the starting five for a couple games he brings a, a note of athleticism that the rest of the starting five just doesn't have right now. And a little more energy. He does the, the dirty work. And I think they yeah. need a player like mm -hmm. that in the starting five. Uh, second problem that I think they might have stumbled upon a solution on, we will see, is we haven't had seen a backup big that's been reliable mm. there. You've got Roko in a sense, but like a true backup five to Zoo. And as a result... Um, if Zoo goes out of the game, there is just no rim protection at all. And it looks like they might have stumbled upon something in Moses Brown. I, I really like him. He's a young kid, started at OKC, came out of UCLA. 
fouls a little too much, but when he's on the court, man, he's like a ball of fire. He just he's all he's always around the basket, rebounds it really well. If they can get him a little under control, I think they might have stumbled upon a solution there. Talking 10 to 12 minutes a game, nothing nothing major. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, too, it's like you said, man, it goes back to health, and they can keep talking about wanting to figure the pieces out and putting them together, and I know they're trying to be cautious, but we're more than halfway through the year now. They're 21-21. and 21. They've just passed the halfway mark. Outside of Marcus Morris, Reggie, ironically, and Zoo, and actually Terrence Mann, most of the other players have missed at least six, seven, eight games. These guys have to get on the court together for 20 games in a yeah. row and figure out who's in the rotation and who's gonna, who is going to be the odd man out. Is it going to be Rocco? Is it going to be somebody else we're not talking about yet? Like yesterday, Reggie uh, didn't play the entire second half. And they were saying it was just for now to try to give a spark. Who knows? If Mann is the guy that they want him to be in the starting five, that might knock Jackson out of the rotation altogether. So, mm-hmm. And Mann, Mann did like start the last a, game, right? Man started the game. Wall, yeah. Wall and Jackson both played in the first half, but Jackson did not play in the second half. Ah, okay. So it's just, you've got all these moving pieces, and you're kind of throwing it at Ty Lue to figure it out. But at the same time, he's almost been a little too calm and collected about it. So I want to see how they address it going forward. I know I've been long-winded about this. The last thing I'll say is they need to find a defined role game after game for Kennard. He is by far the best shooter on the team. His plus minus is always good. He can play off of pretty much anyone, and he's barely played in lineups with Kawhi and PG all season. I want to see what he looks like with those two, because you would assume that he's going to get open looks left and right, and he's shooting 45-46% from deep two years running. You got to get him in there with them to give him these free looks. So, I'm am, am I you know obviously down about where they are right now, of course, but I I think they have time to write the ship, but. The next two games are going to be important. They, they need to come out and just get themselves out of this. Hopefully, PG and Kennard are healthy for the next game. We'll see what happens from there. So yeah, that, my, that's my homer take. I'm not really <laughs> super concerned about the Clippers. I mean, this is why you guys have um, one of the deepest teams in the league, right? And it's just sort of unfortunate that we have to figure out how deep you guys are because of injuries. And eventually, you would hope that the like these players get healthy. I know the Clippers have horrible injury luck, but prediction time here. Do you guys think Terrence Mann ends up taking the point guard spot by the end of the year? Yes. JJ's going with a yes. He should be averaging I, 28 minutes per game. That's that, my take. I agree with you 100%. I don't like the fact that he doesn't play a lot of games. I'm Right now, I'm hoping for yes. I'm going to be pessimistic and say no, he does not, but he plays more going forward in the rest of the year. Deal. I, I'm going to go with the. I'm going to go with yes. I'm really hoping that Terrence Mann does take that point guard spot just because he does provide that spark, I feel like, that they really need. And it just feels like that starting lineup is just sort of in a slog. I don't know the past few games that I've watched, at least. It just seems like they start really slow. Yes, that Denver game yeah. was over by the end of the first quarter. Dude, oh my gosh, the sky was falling that day for you, Sammy. Oh, it no. was like completely ridiculous. It's like, yeah, that, that was a bad game. Yes. 
Yeah, one of the worst I've seen, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll see if the Clippers can right the ship here. We're going to take our next topic. It's Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, guys, has a MCL oh injury while playing the Heat. I guess Jimmy Butler um, fell down after trying to, I think, get a rebound or he was laying it up. I forget. But um, he ended up falling on Kevin Durant's knee. And Kevin Durant was seen just kind of grabbing his right knee and staying on the ground um, for a while. And it sounds like it's not a serious injury. It's an MCL sprain. He's going to be out for, they hope, less than a month. But I want to ask you guys, the Brooklyn Nets have been absolutely on fire lately. They've been one of the hottest teams in the league. What do you guys think moving forward? Do you think the Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets can stay afloat in like the top three seeds in the East? without Kevin Durant. Ooh, without Kevin Durant, I don't I don't think so. I'll put my money that they want those they should yeah. still be good, but I don't think when you lose a player of that caliber that you're going to continue the streak just off uh, figures right now and stats that the offensive rating right now they're sitting at 121.4 within the last 15 games, which is first in the league. And to my surprise, with their defensive rating, they're sitting at sixth place, guys, within the last yeah. 15 games at a 111.7. I never expected the Nets to play good defense, especially what we've seen from last year. But Sammy, you might be right, man, that Ben Simmons pickup might have glued some defensive key points for them and weird stat but I think that they're seven and one if Ben Simmons doesn't shoot a free throw and they're one and seven when he does <laughs> I've read that somewhere that's hilarious so, just, I don't know if that's coincidence or causation but I don't know pretty crazy Simon what do you think though about the Nets man can they stay afloat like what June was saying I think on some level they can. They're, they're going to obviously fall off. You're losing... Katie is arguably the MVP at this point in the year. And yeah. you're losing him for up to a month. Yes. Yeah. I would assume that they're going to try to fill in that spot with probably more TJ Warren, maybe Watanabe, Watanabe probably a little yeah. bit of Joe Harris. Um, and you're going to do your best to, to do that. But at the same time, Durant's Durant. Uh, I, I did notice the schedule over the next three weeks for them will actually be very beneficial they get boston tomorrow or excuse me thursday obviously that one's gonna be rough after that check out this schedule there is a long road trip here bud home okc at san antonio at phoenix we just talked about at utah they've got one with your warriors at philly home detroit home knicks home lakers that's until the end of january that's not bad. That is not a bad schedule. And they might be able to get away with maybe a couple losses there. Like maybe they'll lose three of those games, but they're still going to be favored in more than half of them. So right. timing wise, they might have lucked out. You wonder if they play well enough, if they're going to be cautious and take it all the way through the all-star break uh, in terms of Katie's injury. I'd be curious to see how they handle that. Mm -hmm. But for that reason alone, and I, I'll... I'll give props, man. Kyrie's been great lately. If if he can hold up his play and they don't put too much on him, I think they'll stay afloat. Uh, they're going to fall off a little, but I don't think they're going to full-on tumble down the standings. Jim, what do you think? I don't think so either. And that defensive stat, 
is the reason why I give them a lot of hope. I was actually going to drop that too, Jay, where they're sitting sixth in defense. And like, that's that's absolutely incredible. I don't think a lot of us really expected this group to play some fierce defense. But if your team could play good defense, I want to say that you're able to stay in games. Mm. And I think I know Kevin Durant is a big part of that because, you know, he could somewhat play the five. He plays really unsuspectingly good defense on the inside as far as like giving some rim protection adding some length on um perimeter defense as well he can't move as fast but i don't think you're gonna lose a whole lot on defense with watson Dabe and also some of the other characters that you're tj warren and those guys so i this is definitely gonna be kyrie irving's show um and i expect him like the next few games like you said to really only drop three maybe so i guess we'll wait and see how that goes um we're gonna take a short little break with a word from our sponsor the nfl playoff picture is locked in and my go-to place for wild card round action is DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl to kick off the road to super bowl 57 new customers can bet just five dollars and get 200 in free bets instantly Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Wow. All right, we're going to talk about LeBron James and Sam Amick. And basically, Sam Amick had this to say. And it was LeBron James to at the Athletic on the Lakers roster plans. He said... Y'all know what the bleep should be happening. And basically, he's talking about the impatience that LeBron may be having about changing the roster to help him win a championship. Wow. And LeBron actually responded to this and he said, Hey, Sam, actually, my patience isn't waning. You make it sound like I'm frustrated when I'm really not. I told you over and over, my job is focused on the guys in the locker room. My job isn't the roster that's the reality of the conversation and i said what i said with the utmost respect and calmness because that's the mood i'm in you're welcome five game winning streak and then with like a wiki face emoji and a and a king's crown what do you guys think about sam amick's report here do you guys think there's some truth to this do you guys think this is smoke what do you guys think I'm divided on this one. I, there's a part of me that looks at LeBron's track record. He goes to a new place, mm-hmm. and I know he's not new in the Lakers anymore, but clear out the assets, bring in all the talent you can. We're going to try to win it while I'm here. But it's pretty much out there without being said that when he came to L.A., basketball was not necessarily the primary decision. He came to L.A. to expand his businesses. He came to L.A. because he wanted his sons and his daughter to go to school Right at Sierra Light. I, I definitely regard him as a top three player that's ever played this game, but I legitimately wonder, is basketball as important as it was to him 10 years ago? And I'm not sure about that. So that being said, is he still pushing for this stuff the way he used to? And I don't know the answer. I think if the right move comes along, he's going to push them hard for it. But based on what happened last year, I, I do think the story was a bit exaggerated the way it was tweeted out and that's why he felt compelled to respond because the LeBron we've seen in the past never really got into it 
like with the media over Twitter and like disputed their stories, you know, he still let it pass. So that was my response when I saw this, but I'll, I'll leave Jay to agree or disagree with me on this. I mean, I agree with you. If you look at his past, his MO has always been like, do whatever it takes to beef up the roster for my own benefit, or in this case, the team's benefit. So I just feel that it's funny that he put with the utmost respect and he rants <laughs> off and like tries to, you know, take down this fool by words and with a tweet. You could simply yeah. just not even say anything. But the, the fact that he responded to the athletic Amex report with the utmost respect and then said what he had to say, I, I find it super hilarious because it's LeBron. You know LeBron yeah. loves to uh, control his narrative, especially yeah. especially with the Lakers because of so much scrutiny and the controversy and all the critics that follows with with him and the Laker franchise. I just feel I just felt that was funny that you even put that. Good job, LeBron. I I think it's also <laughs> kind of funny like breaking down LeBron's like response here. He also said my job isn't the roster, but people have nickname led gm like yeah. a thousand times because he does help with these roster moves and i think that's why he's got he's got a few of these questions um i'm also gonna ask you guys about this it's not on the outline but did you guys see i guess after the lakers just won recently um in the locker room <laughs> they were like all right guys let's get greedy let's get greedy and then like like everyone's like hyped for this like yeah let's do this and then um, Russell Westbrook interrupts and is like, hey guys, let's just have fun. Like, win or loss, draw, doesn't matter. We should just be having fun. What do you, what do you guys think LeBron James was thinking in that moment when Russell Westbrook responded like that? Why haven't we traded this fool yet? <laughs> <laughs> this, that's probably accurate. I'm going to just move on. I'll, I'll move on from that. I'm, I, I think he's having that fun, but I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Deal. Yeah! All right, we're going to talk about Jordan Clarkson here. So I'm sure you all saw it. Desmond Bain was like going up for a layup. Jordan Clarkson maybe was swinging for the ball. I don't know, but he, he wind up that, that block pretty far back and ended up hitting Desmond Bain in the head, which caused a fight. And of course, Jordan Clarkson immediately puts up his hands like he's about to fight. And he ended up getting a flagrant two, getting ejected. He left the game with his arms held high. First off, I want to ask you guys, was this ejection necessary? You almost have to if he squares up, right? <laughs> That's true. Like, honestly, if if he didn't do that, then no. I, I don't think you had to. But the fact that he squared up and like, really? You squared up on Jaron Jackson? What do you think is going to happen yeah. in that scenario? <laughs> Stop it. That's what I'm saying. Get some help. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you had to just because he squared up, man. That's like, I there's not much more to add to that, but I would leave it at that. Yeah. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just saying that the, the fact that uh, Jordan Clarkson was the one that fouled Desmond Bain and he put his hands up afterwards. So like, yeah. <laughs> I guess he was expecting 
a fight because he knew what he did was wrong. Yeah. But you're not gonna win against Triple J like what Sammy's saying. Come on, man. What? What are you thinking? <laughs> yeah, this this is true. And Jordan Clarkson has like this history of like squaring up. I think there was like a, a highlight reel of like three clips this year, where he's sort of like in scuffles and he just puts up his hands, like he's gonna fight. Just kind of funny. Um, but anyway. That's actually all we have for tonight's pod. I want to thank you two for being on. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Hey, shout out to our listeners. Shout out to uh, John who messed out on the pod. Miss you, brother. Have a good night, everybody. Yeah, shout out to John. Sammy, thanks for being on, man. Good to be back, man. Always good to be here. And shout out to our video producer, RJ. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Clinic All NBA. I'm Rose Zapanta. This is The Clinic All NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm.